I think about this, this thought of why would a loving God allow bad things to happen? Have you ever wondered that? How many of you ever wondered that? Why, why would a loving God allow bad things to happen? And as we explore this thought today, I want us to realize and to recognize that even Jesus experienced bad things. I want us to look at Matthew chapter number 27 and verse number 45. It says, from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the Greek word there for cried out means to scream. Literally, Jesus screamed on the cross, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that word forsaken means to be rejected, deserted, let go, abandoned. Jesus was on the cross and he had deep feelings of being abandoned and rejected. And I think about Jesus during his last day on earth before he was crucified. He had been abandoned by everyone. Judas, one of the 12 disciples, abandoned him and rejected him and turned his back on him. The crowd left Jesus. Even his own disciples left him, and then they beat him, they whipped him, they spit on him, they humiliated Jesus, and then they hung Jesus on the cross. And as he was on the cross, nails in his hands, nails in his feet, he was carrying your sin. He was carrying my sin on the cross. And because he was carrying our sin, the Bible says that our heavenly father abandoned Jesus in that very moment. And Jesus felt rejected by his heavenly father. And you know, it... It's painful when you feel rejected. It's painful if you've ever been abandoned. I know many of us can relate to this because maybe you've had a spouse who ripped your heart out and left you and your heart hurting. Maybe it was a parent or maybe both parents walked out on you when you were a kid or a teenager, and you felt rejected and abandoned. Maybe it was a girlfriend or a boyfriend that rejected you, or maybe a close friend that rejected you. Maybe it was at the workplace and it was your employee, your employer, maybe it was a coworker that left you high and dry. How many of you can relate to this and you can, you could, you could agree that it deeply hurts when you are rejected, but it's even worse when you feel abandoned by God. It's a worse feeling when you're going, God, where are you? God, why is this 
happening to me? God, where are you? God, why is this going on in our world? God, why the pain? Why do I feel like you've forsaken me? God, do you even care? God, do you hear me? Where are you in the middle of my pain? And I realize that's exactly how some of you feel today. God, where are you? I grew up in a small town in Oklahoma. And I'll never forget the day my mom was leaving my dad. And me, my older brother, my younger sister, we packed down my mom's car with as much clothes that we could get in the car. And that day, my older brother, Scotty, my younger sister, Herlana, I hugged them because they were going with mom. And I was close to my mom, close to my siblings, but I wanted to stay behind so I could try to get a, a football scholarship. I was in high school playing, playing football and as we loaded down the car, I hugged my mom, I hugged my brother, I hugged my sister, and they left and headed to Rochester, New York, where my mom had a sister she was going to go move in with. And my dad had no clue that they were leaving that day, and when he got home from work, I was there to tell him that my mom and my brother and sister had moved to Rochester, New York. It was in the fall, and... Christmas was right around the corner. And I'll never forget that first Christmas morning without my mama, without my brother, without my sister. I remember waking up and I was holding my pillow, tears streaming down my eyes. Why did this happen? Did I cause it? Where are you? It was the, it's the only time in my life I thought it's life worth living and suicidal thoughts hitting my mind. Why is this happening? God, are you real? Where are you? Why is my family on Christmas not here? There's nothing like feeling all alone and wondering where your heavenly father is and whenever people have feelings like this, here's what can transpire. We can end up rejecting God. I've seen it time and time again in almost 30 years of preaching and, and, and ministering to people. I have seen people that feel like God has abandoned me. He's, he's left me. He's rejected me. And, and then they end up getting mad at God. They start doubting God. They, they run away from God instead of running to God. I've seen people get so angry at God and they say, God, are you even real? Are you here? And they can even end up cursing God and get to such a place where you can start, start doubting God that you quit praying, you quit reading your Bible, you quit coming to church, you quit giving, you quit serving, you quit leaning into the things of God. And today for the next few moments, what I want to do is I want us to process and I want us to learn some right responses when we feel abandoned by God. I want us to learn the right way to handle. My God, my God, I feel like you have forsaken me. 
Let me give you three right responses today when you feel abandoned by God. I want to help us today. Number one is this. Remind yourself God loves you and is with you. If you're a Christ follower, even on your worst day, God is with you. God has not left you on your worst day. God is with you. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said never. Come on, at all of our life church locations, everybody shout never. Come on, you can do better than that. Shout never. Yet never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Never ever will God leave you or forsake you. And because God is with you, you're not alone. Matthew 28, verse 20 says, in teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, Jesus says, to the very end of the age. No matter how far away you may feel from God right now, God is with you. I know you may feel isolated, but God is with you. You may feel abandoned, but God is with you. You may feel lonely, but God is with you. I know it may be hard right now, but God is with you. I know you may be confused and discombobulated, but God is with you. You're not alone. But because God is with you, take your hard questions to God. Take your hard questions to God. Hebrews chapter four, verse 15 and 16 says, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses and he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Go to the throne of of grace boldly. Go go to God with bold prayers, bold questions. Go with your bold concerns. Can I tell you today, God is not intimidated by your bold questions. God is not scared of your bold concerns that you bring to him. Take your hard questions to God. God, why did this happen? God, God, why did they die? God, God, why did they leave me? Take your hard questions to God. God, why didn't I get accepted into the college? God, why the divorce? Why the cancer? Why the constant migraine headaches? God, why are there starving children in our world? Why the wars? Why the human trafficking? Take your hard questions to God. God, why the hatred? Why the abuse? Why the pain? God, why didn't you intervene? I know you're all powerful. Why didn't you show up and do something? Why didn't you heal? You can take your bold, hard questions to God. And here's what scripture says. When you go boldly, to God's throne, he says, you will receive his mercy, grace, and help 
when you need it most. Take your bold questions to God and God will help you. I've done this time and time again because there have been times I've been angry, I've been confused. God, why did my mom die in her 50s? I've taken hard questions to God. God, why did my older brother Scotty die in his 40s? God, why do I have this neck pain that I just can't seem to shake? God, why last week did my 16-year-old son who is a good kid and wants to run track, why did he have to have hip surgery? And now missing all of his track and missing school. Why, God? And I've taken hard questions to God. And, and there, there have been times that when I've taken hard questions to God, God has given me clarity. He's, he's spoken to me. He's given me insight. That has happened. But, but oftentimes when I've taken my hard questions to God, you know what God does? God has always given me his mercy. When I've taken my hard questions to God, he's given me his peace. He's given me his grace. He's given me his strength. I know, Herbert, it's hard, but he, he meets me right there, and he gives me grace and mercy and strength, and I'm able to make it another day because God always shows up when we take our bold, hard questions to God. Because God is with you, this season is a part of your story, not the entire story. Jesus was abandoned on the cross. But that story about Christ and being abandoned on the cross, that was just a part of his story. Come on, most of us, we know the rest of the story. On the third day, Jesus rose again from the grave. There was purpose in his pain. It was a part of the story, not the entire story. And 1 Corinthians describes this so well in chapter 13 and verse 12 on how we can just know part of the story and not the entire story. It says this, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. And right now on this earth, we know in part. We can't see the whole story God is writing with our life. God is writing with our situation. But, but understand that what you're going through is a chapter in your book, not the whole book. All you see right now is a ch the chapter that you're living in, but it's only a chapter. Don't let a chapter of your life define the rest of your life. God is with you, and God will work all things together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I know in my own life, I, I look back at painful seasons. I look back at challenging seasons. I look back at times I've been deeply hurt and I can look back and, and the moment it just feels like, God, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to make it through it. All I can see is my pain and my hurt, but, but it's amazing what distance will do. And, and now I can look back a year later or a decade later or 20 years later and I can realize that moment in my life 
that pain was a part of my story. It wasn't the whole story. It was a chapter of my book. It wasn't the entire book. I, I want us to see a second right response, a second right response, and that is this. Turn why God into what God. Whenever you're facing a dip, difficult chapter in your life and it feels like God is not with you, I want you to turn why questions into what questions. Ask God, what do you want to teach me? The, the Bible says something very interesting about Jesus in Hebrews chapter five and verse eight. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Jesus learned obedience from his pain on the cross. He screamed, why have you forsaken me? Because our heavenly father is not intimidated by our why God questions. But understand that Jesus stayed on the cross because of the what. Jesus knew the what was to save humanity. Understand this, whenever you're going through a difficult season, a challenging season, the what is so important. If we don't end up turning our why God questions into what God questions, we can end up finding ourselves questioning God's character, his goodness, his love, his promises. And so why God's a part of it, but I don't want us to camp out and get stuck on why God. I want us to turn why God into what God. God, because whenever you turn it into what God, you start leaning into God. God, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me? God, I know that there's purpose in this pain. I want you to ask God, what do you want to do in me? So what do you want to teach me? What do you want to do in me? A great example is the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul had what was described as a thorn in his flesh. Don't know exactly what this thorn was. But I do know on three different occasions, he's asked God, God, remove the thorn in my flesh, and God did not do it. And he could have easily felt rejected or abandoned by God, but I want you to see the Apostle Paul's response in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse seven. It says, or because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Paul asked God, Three times, God, remove the thorn. God, why remove the thorn? Three different times. But I want you to notice he didn't stay at why God. He didn't ask God 200 times or 2,000 times. He turned why God into what God. And Paul said the what was God wanted to keep me from becoming conceited. Paul realized that what felt like rejection from God was really God trying to do something on the inside of him. You see, bad days can reveal what's on the inside of us. Bad days can reveal where our faith may be weak or a sin we're struggling with. 
something that's hindering us from becoming all God wants us to be. And so on bad days, here's what I've learned. I've got to learn to steward my pain well and say, God, what are you wanting to do in me? I don't want to miss what you're doing in me because just like Paul, you might be trying to work something in me. Just, just like Paul, God might be trying to use that pain to deal with pride or to deal with lust or to deal with lying or to deal with greed or to deal with a blind spot in your life. And so whenever you're going through pain, turn that why God into what God, God, what are you wanting to do in me. There's a third one, and that is this. Ask God, what do you want to do through me? When God is wanting to do something powerful through your life, oftentimes you and I encounter pain. We encounter trouble. We encounter trials. And God always has purpose in the pain. And on Jesus' worst day ever, Jesus paid, I don't want you to miss this, he paid the sin debt for all of humanity on the cross. On his most painful day ever, when he felt abandoned, there was purpose in the pain. And the Father did something powerful through Jesus. And can we celebrate today that we have forgiveness of sins because there was purpose in the pain. Jesus said in Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Notice this, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus endured the pain of the cross because he was focused on the what, what God wanted to do through him. I think about Paul, the thorn in the flesh, and yet God used that thorn to do something powerful through, through Paul. He wrote almost two-thirds of the New Testament. He started churches. He raised up powerful leaders like Timothy. God used the thorn in the flesh, the pain, to do something great through his life. Understand this, Life Church. God uses our greatest pain as the launching pad for our greatest calling. Your greatest ministry can come from your greatest misery. I think about my life and being sexually abused at the age of 13. I think about the pain of months of abuse and I think about seeing my mom, brother, and sister moving to Rochester, New York and struggling with suicidal thoughts. I think about the bitterness and the anger that I struggled with the questioning, the why, the why, the why. And God didn't cause my mom and dad to split up. God didn't cause me to get abused. But he took all of that and I dropped to my knees in a football locker room and I ended up giving my life to Jesus Christ. And then God took all of that pain and all of that hurt 
and he's using it in my life today. Today, I have such a burden for hurting people. I have such a heart for, for people that are broken and abused. God, God took all of my pain, and he's using it for his purpose. God took my misery, and now he's using it as a ministry for me to help other broken people and, and other people who have been abused and, and other people who feel like you can't overcome. God will take your greatest misery and he'll use it for your greatest ministry. I want us to see a third right response, and that is when you can't trace God's hand, trust God's heart. When you're going through tough days, bad days, it's important to remember that Jesus is not powerless. The Jesus that you serve I want you to understand, he has power. As a matter of fact, he has so much power, he could have, on the cross, he could have called to his father, called to the angels and got off the cross. He had that kind of power. But yet he stayed on the cross and trusted his heavenly father's plan. And in Luke 23, verse 46, it says, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. I want you to catch this. He, he just said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then he turns right around and says, Father, into my hands I commit my spirit. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But I still trust you. I commit my spirit into your hands. He turned up his trust in his heavenly father, in his why God moment. It's not easy, but I still trust you. I don't like this, but I trust you. It's painful, but I trust you. They're hurting me, but I, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. And when people feel abandoned or rejected, their first response is often to lose trust in God. Where are you, God? Why is this happening? But, but don't let bad days cause you to turn down your trust in God. I want to encourage you, Life Church, trust in God. Trust in the promises of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. You see, we turn up our trust by saying amen to the promises of God. Amen means so be it. It's not easy always to say amen when you're going through trials and struggles. But can I encourage you, say amen to the promises of God. Keep trusting his promises on bad days. Promises like Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Never will I leave you nor forsake you. Amen, God. You're with me. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. You're working all things together for the good. God, I believe that. Amen, God. You're taking my bad days and working it for my good. It promises like Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that 
you ask or think. Amen, God. You're going to do more than I can ask or think. Promises like Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. And my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen, God. Even high gas prices, even with crazy inflation, I trust in your promises and that you'll provide for me. Promises like Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22 and 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen, God. Your character has not changed on a bad day. It's hard, but I trust you. It's difficult, but I trust you. I don't understand it all, but I trust you when I cannot trace you. Heavenly Father, thanks for your word. Thanks for speaking to us today. Thank you, God, for causing trust to rise today and touching the hearts of people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, Pastor. Come on, Life Church, give, give Pastor Herbert some love. Let's continue in an attitude of prayer. Father, we, um, we thank you that you're trustworthy, that you're always good, that we can say yes and amen to your promises and your goodness. As you're reflecting today, uh, not looking around at all of our churches, those of you online, I wonder how many of you, um, unfortunately, you're in a difficult chapter right now. You're going through some things that you wish were different, maybe some things that you don't understand and you need prayer today. If that's you, um, you're hurting. You may be facing some challenges, relational, it could be health, it could be financial, it could be spiritual, it could be your mental health, it could be any number of things, but you need prayer today. Would you just, just slip up your hand right now? Those of you online, you can type it in the comment section. I, I need prayer today, or please, please pray for me. Father, I thank you that um, when we do come boldly before your throne of grace, you hear us and we can find help in time of need. And so we cast all of our cares, all of our burdens on you. God, when we have questions that we don't understand, we take them to you. God, when we're tempted to ask why, God, why, we turn it into a what. God, what do you want to do? What do you want to show me? What do you want to do in me? What do you want to do through me? And God, when we can't even discern your hand, we put our trust in your heart, your character, your goodness, your nature. And God, we say amen, your promises are true. You're working in all things to bring about good. So God, help us to trust you. And God, especially for those who may be doubting you right now because of what they see. God, draw us close. Hear the cries of our heart. And God, help this chapter to pass that we could see your hand, your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. As you keep praying today at all of our different churches, I love the text that Pastor shared. Jesus cries out to God and says, why, 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 why have you forsaken me? And he gave his life. Why did Jesus give his life? He was the Lamb of God. He was sinless. He was perfect in every way. And Jesus became sin for us. When he became sin for us, I can't fully explain it, but God did whatever God did. God looked away. He couldn't look upon the sin. He couldn't look upon the horror of what was happening to his son. 
And Jesus, the perfect one, the sinless one, died in our place for the forgiveness of our sins. Some of you today may wonder, where do you stand with God? You may be asking all sorts of questions. You may have hurts and and spiritual questions. What I want to do is tell you about one thing you can count on for sure, and that is that God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to give his life for you. How are you made right with him? It's never by your own good works. It's never by your own religious efforts. It's only by grace through faith in the perfect work of God's son, Jesus. Today, wherever you're watching from, those of you that you're worried about where you stand with God, you may feel guilty for something you've done wrong. The weight of your sin holds you down. Today, we're simply going to step away from our sin. We're gonna repent of our sin. We're gonna call on the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. And when you cry out to him, God hears your prayers, he will forgive your sins, you become brand new. Today, wherever you're watching from, those who say, I need his grace, I need his forgiveness, I may not understand, but I'm gonna choose to trust him. I turn from my sins today, I surrender my whole life to him. God, I give my life to Jesus, that's your prayer today. I trust you, I surrender to him. Would you lift your hands high right now, all of our churches, and say yes. Come on, church, let's tell God thank you. Lift up your hands, those of you online, just. Type in the chat, I am surrendering my life to Jesus. Just type it in the chat today. And wherever you're watching from, we're gonna pray together. Just pray aloud, pray, Heavenly Father, forgive all of my sins. Jesus, save me. Be the Lord of my life. Make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit so I could serve you and follow you. Thank you for new life. I give you all of mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Hey, could somebody celebrate and now let's worship God. Welcome those born into the family of God.